Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Pray. It's what Christians do. It's what you do when you fear and love and trust in God above all things. You pray to your Heavenly Father, your Advocate, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. The heart believes in prayer. The mouth speaks it. Because we depend on God for everything. Martin Luther once quipped, It is true we are all beggars. How many of you struggle with prayer this morning? If your old Adam and the devil and the world are preventing you from praying the Lord's Prayer, then now is the time for us to be repented. For the old Adam to die. For our fight against the devil and the world and for us to believe in God all the more in order to pray to him regularly. It is for that purpose that Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. He teaches you and me how to pray. He gives us the very words in our dependence upon our Heavenly Father. Luke gives the abbreviated version of the Lord's Prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us for our sins. For we ourselves forget everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Five things. The ABCs of prayer. God's name, his kingdom, bread, forgiveness, temptation. Five things that you cannot live without. What he, gets, what he wants to give to you and what he wants you to use properly. And God's will and his deliverance from evil. And you have the Lord's prayer as we know it from Matthew's gospel. So Jesus' prayer is for us. It's what the Father wants to hear. He redeemed you to pray and he wants his name to be holy among us. He wants to lord his Good Friday kingdom reign of forgiveness over you. He wants you to receive daily bread from him, to recognize that everything comes from his hand, and to give thanks for it. He wants to forgive you as he forgives you for Jesus' sake. He wants you to rely on him in order to resist temptation of the world, our sinful flesh, and the devil. And when you pray this way, you do it with certainty, with confidence, with boldness. When you pray the Lord's Prayer or any prayer that flows from God's Word, you throw all caution to the wind. So to clinch this point of praying by casting caution to the wind, Jesus tells a parable. It goes like this. Which of you has a friend will go to him at midnight and boldly demand, Friend, I need three loaves of bread. A buddy of mine has arrived at my house and I don't have anything to give him. 
And he will answer from within, don't bother me. I've locked the door tonight and the kids are in bed and I don't have anything to give to you anyway. Now, I have wonderful and generous neighbors. Some of them are even here today. Stan and Sherry live on one side and Ray and Gail on the other and I live on a blocked Carmen Avenue which is also called Lutheran Avenue. For over 15 years, the Bergs have borrowed all kinds of stuff from different people on Carmen Avenue. But I have to say, I've never tried doing it at midnight. Usually when something breaks in my house or I, I need a special tool, I knock on Stan Sixel's door and he's right there for me, but I've never done it at midnight. I'd be a little bit hesitant that he might scare me away. That's what Jesus is asking us to do here. That would take a lot of nerve or impudence, as verse 8 says. The Greek word translated impudence means lack of sensitivity to what is proper, carelessness about the good opinion of others, or shamelessness. I don't believe that I'd be that shameless with any of my neighbors, and they're probably thankful for that. But that's the way Jesus wants you to pray to God the Father. When you pray, he teaches us to show how careless disregard to propriety, be shameless and bold and daring, ignore common convention. It's the way that Abraham prepared for that wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Suppose ten believers are found there. Abraham could have gone farther and said, how about just one Lord? One believer. That takes a lot of grit, as we would say in America. But the Jewish people have another word for it. It's called chutzpah. It takes a lot of chutzpah to pound on your neighbor's door at midnight and expect him to greet you with a smile and give you three loaves of bread. It takes a lot of chutzpah to pound on the Lord of the universe's door no matter what time of day or night. But that's how Christians pray. When you believe in God, you trust that he will do it for Jesus' sake and act accordingly. It takes a lot of chutzpah to trust the Lord of Lords and King of Kings to take the time and energy to listen to our little trifles. Seriously, three loaves of bread at night? Couldn't this wait till the morning? Jesus says, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his chutzpah, he will rise and give him whatever he wants. Hardly a flattering prayer, is it? God will give you what you want, not because he likes you as a friend, but because of the sheer chutzpah of your bold faith in him that throws all caution to the wind that wakes him up at midnight for a measly few loaves of bread. That's what Jesus promised his people. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. So come to God with your troubles. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. It's the way a child goes to their parent, isn't it? The child boldness 
of waking a parent up at midnight for some little request that was on her mind that she couldn't wait for in the morning. St. Paul writes this to the church at Philippi, Do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Are you anxious this morning? Do you have anything you fear about the future? Then pray. Pound on God's door at midnight. Dare to let your requests be known to him. But how often do we forget or are afraid even when the door is shut and God seems to be in a grumpy mood and not listening? Bring your prayers and petitions before him. Truthfully, that's how it feels at times, doesn't it? It does not feel like some deep, meaningful, two-way conversation. Someone who's giving up, giving you their undivided attention. It feels like pounding on the neighbor's door at midnight with an outrageous request. But Paul says, don't be anxious. Pound on God's door. There's a promise. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus also says that no father gives his son a snake instead of a fish or a scorpion for an egg. We give good gifts to our children. We give them what they need, but not always what they want. God doesn't promise to give us whatever we ask for or that we will find whatever we seek or that every door we pound on will be opened. To be in God's favor does not mean that God does you favors. He promises you that in the exercise of holy chutzpah called prayer, you will find peace and he will bless you with his spirit. For all prayer goes through the high priest, through Jesus, who is the sole mediator between God and man. I'm sure you've all experienced that at one time or another, that call at midnight Maybe a knock at the door, but a phone call or a text or a Snapchat, and you don't want to get up to answer it, and you roll over your bed, and you throw the pillow over your head, and then your wife taps you on the shoulder and says, you have to take this one. It's family. When we knock on God's door at midnight, it's not the Father who comes to the door, but the Son, and Jesus goes to the Father and wakes him up from And says, Dad, you have to answer. It's one of the family. You are a member of God's family. You're baptized. You are permitted to bug and bother God at all hours of the day and night with with whatever you want to talk about. And he will listen. Not because you or I are so likable or our prayers are so eloquent, but because of the chutzpah of faith that dares to cling to Jesus Christ even in the face of a closed door at midnight. I have an example of that. I grew up in a Lutheran home, went to church faithfully, was taught the catechism and liturgy and hymns of the church. I was taught to pray before I went to bed. One of my prayers I prayed for years is that God would bless me by giving me a faithful and loving Christian wife. He answered my prayers by a a good Lutheran Christian woman. Something most important for a pastor. God gave me more than 
Another example from my childhood, as many of you know, I lost a brother when he was 13 years old, and I always thought it would be cool to have another brother or sister. And I prayed, and it never happened. But God answered my prayer in a way I could never have imagined. He gave me three sons and three daughters. What a great surprise to my prayers. Sometimes he gives surprise answers to our prayers after we've suffered. Like the Canaanite woman or the man at the pool of Bethesda or struggling Christians suffering under persecution. But whenever and however he answers, he gives us more than we deserve or have asked. He strengthens us to grow in his grace. But how does that happen? And does it always happen? How many demon-possessed and cripples never saw Jesus and were never healed? How many war Christians had never been reconciled? How many faithful pastors have prayed for their congregation to grow and it never has taken place? How many poor wives pray that their husbands quit beating them and they never do? How many times have we prayed for violence and racism to stop, for abortion to end, and it doesn't? How many times have we prayed for someone to be healed and they only die? Have all those prayers of these Christians been answered? The answer is yes, even if it's in the last day. God gives us what we should have been asking for all along, namely forgiveness and salvation faith and patience and love along with blessings and sufferings which make us Christians we hunger and we thirst for our requests and prayer because the word of God promises what it says and we are eager to receive from our heavenly father even as he is even more eager to give what we crest so Lord teach us to pray with holy chutzpah in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.